beautiful souls. It's Julie Jancis here. I've been getting a lot of questions about the services that I offer. So I just want to run through this real quick. I offer one-on-one readings by phone, Skype, and in person in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois. I also offer Reiki training and my own angel school where you can learn how to communicate with your angels. Another thing that I do is I offer a lot of speaking engagements. I do a lot of speaking engagements. If you'd like me to come speak at your church or in your community, please get in touch. You can learn about all of this on my website at www.jancis.com. That's J-A-N-C-I-U-S.com. You're listening to Angels and Awakening, where we believe daily life can be lived from a constant state of love, joy, peace, bliss, ease, and grace. Why are people always searching for a better way to live? Because there is one. Life doesn't have to be stress-filled and anxiety-ridden. You can make lasting changes that lead to a life you love. My name's Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with angels and bringing through their healing, positive messages to my clients every day. Join us on the Angels and Awakening podcast each week as we explore big spiritual questions, interview experts, and bring through angel messages. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. My name is Julie Jancis, and I'm your host. Today, I am so excited because I am celebrating some really, really big news, which I will tell you about at the end of this podcast. I kind of want to build up to it in the story of how I got there. It's really the story of how God and Spirit really worked in my life and made the impossible possible for me. Have you ever heard the phrase, Spirit has to break you to make you? Well, that is the exact thing that happened in my life. Everything, everything just went completely kaput. And it was really such a huge, huge blessing that it happened that way because through everything breaking, it gave me the opportunity to rebuild every single aspect of my life. Not in the way that I thought it should be built, not in the way that society wants me to build my life, but in the way that I wanted to build my life, the way that I felt God was calling my heart to live my life. So there's so much beauty in this story. Now, as we go through this story, I'm going to talk about some really hard times in my life where I went through some negative things. Now, when we go through rough times in life, it's easy to assign people roles of the villain or the bad guy, but the truth of the matter is that I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for some people being incredibly tough on me. So I don't want you to assign the roles of villain or bad guy to anyone in any of my stories. What I need you to see is the beauty in the roles that people play and the oneness of the story itself. 
I'm not excusing those people from their behavior or even saying that behavior is okay or right because it's not. But what I am saying is that when you see the bird's eye view of almost any story, you know that those people who are being hard on you in your life are really helping you get where you're going because what they cause you to do is to really shift your perspective. And through shifting your perspective, a lot of times we change and we change the direction of our lives. So there can be beauty in all of it, right? And that's what I want you to see. I don't want you to see um, the victim, the villain. I don't want you to see blame because I'm really not blaming anybody, but I was really praying on this this morning because I want to tell this story. And in order to really get it through to you, I have to bring through some specific examples of what I went through. And it's not for the purpose of saying that person was wrong. It's just for the purpose of showing you how it shifted my entire story and really my entire life and that I don't blame those people anymore. I don't have any hard feelings towards those people. In fact, I've done a lot of work on sending these people in my life who have been really tough on me so much love. I mean, just oodles of hours of meditation, shooting love in their direction, saying the Hawaiian prayer with the intent of diminishing the negative energy between the two parties, really focusing my intent, my concentration on sending them love. Because even though they were hard on me, they helped get me where I was going. And it was needed at the time. Without them, I'm really not sure that I would have changed or even be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't be living this life. So in a way... I thank them. I don't see them as the villain or the bad guy. I thank them for the role that they played in my life and getting me where I am today. I do think that we can get where we're going with more love, but this is just how my story happened to work itself out. Also, I changed the names so that you can't identify who it was in order to protect those people's privacy. Okay, so the story starts out. This is five years ago. I'm in my dream job. I have the title that I want. I have a team underneath me. I'm making the salary that I want to make. I have amazing benefits. And life seems perfect, right? Well, shortly after getting into this role at work, I was in a meeting with the entire staff, uh, maybe 12 people, right? And the boss is going around asking people where they're at with different projects. And I say, oh, you know what? I've got that one ready to go. We're just waiting for a list. You know, in marketing, you do a lot of mailing and you can't mail without a list. So I'm like, as soon as we get that list, we're ready to go. The woman next to me, who's responsible for the list, turns to me in front of the meeting, in front of everyone, and says, do you want me to punch you in the face? Yes, you heard me right. She said, do you want me to punch you in the face? And I was just so shell-shocked at this behavior in the meeting. 
I really didn't know what to do. And I looked to the boss to really handle it, right? The boss didn't do anything. She just continued on with the meeting. So at the end of the meeting, I said in front of everybody to the boss, hey, you know, Pam, hey, Nikki, can we stay behind and talk about this? And the boss agreed. So we all stayed behind and we talked. Well, that set in cycle this bullying behavior that was not resolved by the boss and was actually encouraged by the boss as she would talk negatively about almost everybody on her staff with the person in the meeting who said, do you want me to punch you in the face? They were very close. They were very good friends. And it made it a very harsh work environment to be up against two people who obviously didn't like me, didn't want me there, didn't want to see me succeed, and yet were responsible for a lot of the pieces of my projects that would either aid my success or my failure. So at the same time, the same boss was mentoring me on how to lead my team. And what she would say with all of my team members' projects that they would bring to me, you know, I would go over them with her, the boss, and what she would say is that it's never good enough. You have to get more and more and more out of people. She trained me to have the attitude with them which was really hard for me because I like to praise people. I want them to know when they're doing a good job. I want them to know that I see the long hours that they're putting in. I want them to know that I know they were there until seven or eight last night. I want them to know that they deserve work-life balance and to have that time with their family. But that balance just wasn't appreciated in this work environment. Instead, it was a culture of nothing is ever good enough, period. I could give you a dozen specific examples of the dysfunction and the culture and how it progressively got worse there, but the story isn't about that, right? In every story, we have to look at ourselves and we have to say, did I have any role in this? Where was I at? Where could I have made changes? And for those listening who have gone through big traumatic events, I'm not talking about that type of story, right? There are times in life where there are victims and you didn't do anything wrong to deserve the behavior that you got. So I don't want you to apply this to yourselves if that is a situation that you've been through. But in this situation that I'm talking about, my story, in retrospect, I needed to look at where I was in my life and the role that I was playing. So you should know about me that I am a perfectionist. I am a people pleaser. If I'm going to do anything, I want to do it top notch. 
I am two things. Uh, I have two addictions in life. One is food and one is work. I get so much of my self-worth from work. So I could very easily be a foodaholic and a workaholic any day of the week. And getting the gold star has always been important to me. I always did well in school and my academics growing up. I only think I got two C's in my entire college career. I just really always work hard to make sure that I'm doing the best job. Uh, And I've always looked at it not as a competition against anybody else, but outperforming myself as Um, in the work that I've always done in my life, I don't care about what other people are doing. I've always just had this very high internal standard for myself of I'm going to do the best I can do. I'm going to give this company 100% of me. I'm going to go as far as I can go with this job and outperform myself year after year. So that was my mental attitude At the same time, six months later, my dad passed away. And for those of you who haven't heard that story, you can go to episodes one and two. But basically, the gist of it is my dad was on his third wife at the time. Again, no blame here, but she didn't call to let us kids know that he had passed. So it was an entire month before I found out that my dad was gone. And in that month... Every time I brushed my daughter's hair, I kept hearing a voice within me say, she needs a hairbrush like I used. She needs a hairbrush like I used. And I talk about in episodes one and two how I thought I was going crazy. I felt like I couldn't tell my husband or my mom or any of the close people to me uh, about this because I didn't know what was happening to me. And as soon as I found out that my dad had passed actually at work that day, What I realized was I immediately knew it was my dad talking to me, that he had been talking to me that entire time because only he had used a hairbrush different than the one that I had used my entire life. And he was right. She did, did, still does, need a hairbrush like he used. So that started me on this path of working with different spiritual teachers and learning how to communicate with the other side, how to bring through the messages that I was hearing, how to really connect with my loved ones over there, with my spirit team, with my angels. And doing that work while working was a balancing act, right? Because you're spending a lot of time on the other side and a lot of time here. And you're learning how to really shift gears in your life. Now, it probably didn't need to feel this way, but at the time it just felt like really heavy, heavy energy. And simultaneously, while I'm working at work, my boss is using her philosophy of nothing is ever good enough on me and saying that my work's not good enough, that I have to do more, that I have to raise more, that I have to go further, farther, faster. I was up for the challenge. I've never backed down. I always want to get that gold star. I always want to get that A+. So what I started doing was working pretty much nonstop. I would get up early in the morning, 
open my laptop right away, uh, get my daughter very in a hurried, rushed fashion, ready for preschool, get her over to preschool, get to work, work all day, uh, work extra hours, come home, feed my daughter and leave her with my husband to basically just spend time with her and be with her because I needed to work. So I'd go back to work, work at night. I was doing this on the weekends and I was just basically having no time for myself, no time for my family whatsoever. And I did this for about three months because I thought I'm going to show her. I'm going to show her that I'm awesome at my job, that I'm going to surpass every single goal, every single expectation that she has had for me. And I keep going like this. I keep working harder and harder and harder until one day this new thought comes into my mind, which is, I don't want to be here. And the scary part was, I knew what that thought meant. It wasn't that I didn't want to be at work. I did want to be at work. I loved my job. I didn't want to be here on earth. And the reason that I felt that way was because my self-worth was 100% wrapped up in my work. I didn't get my self-worth from being a wife. I didn't get my self-worth from being a mom. I didn't get my self-worth from my social life or taking care of myself. I didn't have that balance. The only way that I felt like a human being, the only way that I felt like a person, the only way that I felt worthy was when I was doing a good job at work. And so not having that anymore felt like the ground underneath me wasn't there anymore, that I couldn't find my footing. I started having panic attacks and feeling all of this anxiety in my chest. And I want to say for anybody who feels like they're going through this now, feels like they've had suicidal thoughts, get yourself help. You have to, have to, have to just stop this podcast right now and go seek help because that is the only way to really get through this. Go to the hospital, tell them the way that you're feeling and they will help you. I promise you that. The scariest part for me going through and having that thought of I don't want to be here was how quickly that thought took me in a downward spiral. So I attached to the thought and I kept ruminating on it and ruminating on it. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Turned into no, really, how would I do it? And This isn't really the conversation that I want to have today about suicide. Um, I really do want to honor that this week is the one-year anniversary of when Kate Spade passed away. Um, Sorry, guys. Um, This is just really hard for me. What I know from working with so many of my clients and what I know from having experienced these thoughts for myself is that it just spirals so, so, so quickly from just, I don't want to be here. 
to, no, really, I don't, I don't want to live this life. I don't want to have to go through the ups and the downs anymore. It's just too, too hard. And you start thinking about, well, then how would you do it? And things were getting increasingly, increasingly, increasingly harder at work. Um, My boss swore at me, would just yell at me in front of everybody. And instead of accepting that this was not a place where I fit, that this was not a place where they valued me as a human being, I bought into what they were saying, that I wasn't good enough and that I wasn't worthy. And I felt like I had lost everything. I felt like I just wasn't a person anymore. If I wasn't good at my job, who was I? I remember I was working with a life coach at the time and I was sitting in my office And I knew that this wasn't the work that I wanted to be doing in my heart. The work that I wanted to be doing was the work that I was doing on the sides with different coaches, different mentors. I didn't know exactly what this would look like yet. I wouldn't allow my mind to go there. I just, I had two opposing thoughts of, I really want to work one-on-one with people. I want to help people. I want to bring through their messages for them. I want to show them that life can be different. And at the same time, the opposing thought was, you can't do that. The egoic mind was saying, you have the best job. You have the title. You have the money. You can't leave this office. You can't leave this job. Your job is so close to home. You have an amazing commute. Everything is perfect. Just get your act together. The thoughts were telling me, just be good at your job here. Just do more so that you're perfect here and everything is fine. I was stubborn. I dug my heels in and it didn't work. Digging my heels into something that I wasn't aligned with something that wasn't aligned with the messages inside my heart, the direction that I knew I was supposed to be going, just took me deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole. I had a choice at one point. You know, I didn't have to spend those three months working so hard to prove myself. What I could have done was if I had known my energy, I could have said, this isn't the place for me. These people don't value me. This, there's a lot of dysfunction here. And I am going to own my worth and not be a part of it, not take it. But because I didn't do that, spirit intervened and they did it for me. So the thoughts came in and I knew very quickly. It was about two to three weeks where it took me from just contemplating suicide to really being deep in it where I just didn't want to be here, which is so hard and so painful for me to say because um, you all know I have the most amazing husband in this world. He's incredible. Um, There really isn't anybody better than him. 
and I have the world's best daughter in the entire world. I know for sure that there isn't anybody better here or anywhere in this universe to suit me um, than, than she is. So it makes me feel really guilty to say that I was having these thoughts, but that's how much of a bad place I was in. That's how much I was in dysfunctional thinking at the time. And I'm also sharing this story because I want you to see that making the transition from being where society says that you should be in life to taking those brave steps to doing what's inside your heart isn't easy and it doesn't happen overnight. The success doesn't come overnight. It's slow. It takes work and it takes your commitment to stick to it. So what did I do when I had these thoughts and they got really, really bad? I told a friend and she drove me to the hospital. I checked myself in and I spent five days there and I spent time in an outpatient program after that getting the intense therapy, the intense counseling, the intense support that I needed to rebuild my self-worth. And I am so proud of myself for doing that because anybody who gets to that point in their lives really has a choice. You either let down your pride and you go get that help that you need at the time Knowing that one in four people in the world will be affected by mental or neurological disorders at some point in their lives. 25% of all humanity is going through this. And if the news reports are true, this is getting harder and harder and harder for people of all ages to deal with. Why Is it so taboo? Why do I feel so nervous in telling you that I had to go to the hospital, that I had to get help for myself? Why do I feel shame in telling you that? That has to change. And me being brave today and telling you what I went through, it's because if I can help one other person, if I can help show you that... Yes, this is something that you might go through in your lifetime having these thoughts, but that there are places, resources, people out there who are going to love you and help you get back to a, a wonderful, healthy, healthy place, probably the best point of your life that you've ever been in, then it's worth it because it's so true. And that's what the rest of the story is about. The rest of the story is about Yes, spirit broke my entire life in order to rebuild it, but the rebuilding process was the most fun process in the entire world, and I got to build the life that I knew I was supposed to be leading. I've only ever prayed, God, use me as a tool that you can work through to help other people. But there's co-creation in that, right? God helps people who help themselves. And 
that means that you always have to keep going. You always have to keep working at it. And I knew in my heart the direction I was supposed to be going. So let's talk about that part. Let's talk about the success story. Let's talk about the rebuild. Before we go on to this next chapter, though, I just want to reiterate what I said before. If you have been having suicidal thoughts lately, if you're having them now, please turn off this podcast and go get the help that you need. Tell a friend, go to the doctor's office, go to the hospital and let them know what's going on with you because unless you verbalize what you're thinking, what you're feeling, you can't get yourself the help you need. You have to have the courage and the bravery to tell people what's going on with you so that they can be there to help you. And they will. There's so much love out there. There's so much support. Tell a friend, go to the doctor's office, go to the hospital, get yourself the help that you really do need and deserve. You are worth it. You're worthy of being here. You are so loved on the other side, but believe me, you have so much purpose here and you have great things that you're supposed to be doing here. Each one of you, each one of our purposes is unique, but that's what makes us us. And I really believe that you can be living the life that you want to be living. So where we left off in my story was I had gone through the hospital program. I had gone through an outpatient program. I had had an immense, immense amount of love and support through intensive therapies with doctors, therapists, uh, different, different people, my spiritual team here, right? And it was a game changer. I learned that my self-worth doesn't come from being an amazing employee. My self-worth doesn't really come from being a mom or a wife. My self-worth, I am just worthy because I am a part of God who is here living out my soul's journey. And that's enough. Just right there. I am a piece of God. And that in and of itself makes me worthy. Letting go of putting all my eggs, all my self-worth in one basket felt like falling to me. It felt, it's surrender. Surrendering that I couldn't control the people around me. Surrendering that I couldn't control what other people thought about me. Surrendering that this situation in and of itself that I wanted so badly to be perfect, I wanted it to work out so badly, just surrendering that it didn't. All of this felt like just free falling through midair. And on one side, yeah, it felt a little scary, but on the other side, what happened was this huge amount of faith came in that I knew from everything that I was seeing and hearing on the other side, from knowing that my angels were with me, knowing that my dad and my grandma were with me, uh, really my grandpas too. Um, I just had this incredible faith that I was taken care of by God, by all of my people on the other side, and that all of this somehow was going to work itself out. And for the first time in my life, I released all control 
of making it happen. You know, I've been working since I can remember. I can remember being a little girl and wanting to buy things and remembering knowing that my parents wouldn't pay for it. So I wanted to have the money myself. I wanted to make the money myself. And I was such a good fundraiser, even as a little girl, that I was approached by, you know, one of the companies in the schools that have you sell, as a little kid, different items. They actually came to me, I don't know if it was sixth, seventh grade, and they said, if you sell these items throughout the year over the summer, we'll give you, you know, $2 for every item you sold. Well, I made over $1,000 and then I met people and I started babysitting. I started working in sixth or seventh grade. Uh, at age 13, I was working in a pizza shop answering calls. And then I worked in a sub shop at 14. And uh, if ever, anybody's from the Chicagoland area, I worked at Bob Chin's, which is amazing uh, back in high school and was just constantly working from a young age. Because my family was in a position where if I wanted stuff, I had to pay for it. So that's what I did. I I worked so that I wouldn't be a burden to my family and that I could help from a very, very young age. And I was always proud of that, right? But it also led to this energy of just me controlling, 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 and letting go of all of those years of controlling, And putting all of my self-worth into whatever job I had at the time, it was amazing. And it was amazing to just release all of that, surrender all of that control to God and say, Jesus, God, I don't have control over here. You have to take this wheel. I cannot, I cannot do this anymore. You have to lead this for me. Uh, It really felt amazing. And I felt this calm peace come over my heart. And just that's when I learned how to keep that high vibration with me really a lot throughout my day was this time when I was able to just surrender everything and have huge faith that somehow, some way it would all work out. Now, while I say I knew it would all work out, I didn't stop putting in 100% effort myself. So I said before, God helps people who help themselves. Yes, God is always helping you. Your spirit team is always helping you, but they can only do so much. You have to put in effort yourself. You have to do work yourself. So I looked for jobs and I applied for jobs and... At the same time, I just held my peace. I knew this was all going to work out. I had this confidence that this was going to work out. God had it taken care of. I applied for maybe three different jobs, interviewed at three different places. And I remember being at um, our friend's lake house over the summer, hearing and getting the phone call at the lake house that I didn't get the last job that I applied for. I had just a moment of feeling down. Okay, I know, God, that you have this, but this is starting to get scary. This is a couple of months out from not having a job, from having left my job. And and yet I just heard, keep your peace. Stay calm. We've got this. So I did. And what happened next was absolutely incredible. 
Following the call at the lake house, I got another call from a girlfriend that I had worked with at a a different company. And she said, I know you're probably not going to want this opportunity, but I think you'd be perfect for it. And I just want to run it past you. It's a 20 hour a week position working for the local community symphony orchestra, running their fundraising and their marketing program. Would you be interested? Would you come and talk with us? And I go, oh. I get it now. The light totally went on in my head because here God had brought me through this really challenging point in my life and brought me right in my lap, this beautiful position where I could work 20 hours a week from home, mind you, get my daughter on the bus in the morning, go pick her up in the afternoon and At the same time, with those other, you know, 15, 20 hours a week, I could start my own business. I could see clients. I could build up my own business and really do both. How amazing is this? And that's what I've done. Over the last two and a half years, I have been working for the symphony for about 20, 25 hours a week doing their fundraising and marketing. And it has been so, so beautiful. It gave me a steady income coming in over these two and a half years. And when you see everything as energy, here's what you need to know, folks, because so many of my clients who come in want to start another business. And we think, because I used to think this way too, that it has to be one way or the other. Like I'm all in it, this one job that I'm working full-time or I'm starting my other full-time you know, business on the side and I'm doing that, black and white. It's either one or the other. That's the way our minds think. But what God placed in my lap was this beautiful opportunity to do both at the same time, something that I hadn't thought of, something that I know a lot of people don't think about, but it's an option. It's out there. You can work somewhere doing whatever you do 20 hours a week and take those other 20 hours and do what you love, build up the business that you want to create. Now, what I was saying about energy is this. When you see everything as energy, what happens is you realize that when you do things this way, split your time 50-50 between these two careers, you have this steady flow, this stability of income coming in. And when you have that, there isn't an energy fear that can manifest itself It's not needed because you have that steady income flow, right? Because you don't have that fear, there aren't any blockages coming in your way as you're building your own business. You're able to just sky's the limit, see very clearly that you could be creative, take this in any direction that you really want to go. And that's what I did. Having a part-time job gave me the energy freedom of abundance and not having any fear associated with starting my own company. So that's what I did. I started my own business. I have been working with clients uh, in my practice since January 
2017, and it's grown so much in the last two years that now I have resigned from my part-time job, and that is what I am celebrating. Tomorrow is my last day with my part-time job. Because of you, thanks to you and the ways that you've supported me, the ways that you've stuck by me and really helped me build this business up, I don't have to work a part-time job anymore. I can go into my own company full-time now, 40 hours a week, still no fear because my clientele is where I needed it to be. I have built up a community, a tribe around me of so many loyal, sweet people who are kind and caring and have helped me raise this business up to what it is. So from the bottom of my heart, Thank you so much, each one of you, for supporting me in this journey because without you, I wouldn't have been able to do this. But um, I just want you to know how much I love you. And my entire life is really dedicated to helping you, to serving you, to supporting you on your journey. I bring through messages, yes, from your angels, from your loved ones on the other side, but it's also about figuring out the tools that you need and bringing those to you as well, helping you live in a higher vibration, helping you find your peace, your bliss, your joy, and spending your days living in those vibrations instead of the vibrations of anxiety, fear, stress, Spirit's pointing me in a couple different directions here, but one of those is this. Yes, my journey was made easier because uh, my husband supported my dream. He also supported me financially a bit as well. You know, I, I always had this steady income coming in, but I really couldn't have built up my business without his income as well. So I just wanted to throw that out there for transparency because some of our listeners could say, well, yeah, that was easy for you because you had the financial income of your husband coming in. And yes, that is true. Uh, But I do think that there are things that we can make work. What today's podcast is about, Spirit is saying, is really just looking at the fact that there are constructs within our mind. You know, over the last week as I've been wrapping up everything, working for the symphony, what I keep seeing is myself, this vision of myself working in my old office and knowing that there was a different life for me to be living, knowing that there was a different career, different ways that I could help people in this life, so much more so than I was even helping people before, that I could be living out what was in my heart. But what was happening when I was sitting in that office, thinking and dreaming about this life that I'm living now is these constructs of my mind. They just kept getting in the way, getting in the way. These are the energetic blockages that I help people work out every day now. These are the energetic constructs within our mind where we do a lot of thought repatterning. And it's also energy within our auric field that we're holding on to these blockages, this fear energy that we really have to work out of our system. We have to clear it in order to be able to see, hey, There's a different option. I can do both at the same time. 
there are other options out there that we're not thinking of. And why aren't we thinking about them? Because of the constructs, because of the fear energy that we're holding, because of the blockages that we're holding. You know, I know blockage is a big word, and I really don't like that word because every single person has blockages. Every single healer out there has some sort of constructs or blockage that they're still working through. If you are human, if you're living on this earth, you're still doing your work here and you still got stuff going on, period. That's just how it works. But can you work through a lot of this? Yes, you're supposed to be doing your work your entire life, chipping away piece by piece at the different constructs within your mind, the different thoughts that you're having that you can really repattern and really that thought repatterning itself does so much to restructure your life. And then also working out those energetic blockages within your auric field, within your body. It is amazing. So I've been thinking about me four years ago, five years ago, sitting in this office, having these constructs, having these thoughts saying, I can't do this. That won't be me. I could never be able to go out and start my own business. And it almost feels like a dream state this week. That spirit said, you did it. You did it. You should be proud of yourself. You should take a week and just enjoy this progress, this success. Spirit's also saying to let you know that there's a separate part of my mind, my egoic mind, that's been coming in over the last week and showing me a memory that I have of going to an aura reader when I was pretty young in my earlier 20s. I went to this aura reader and at one point he looked at me and he said, you know, you could be doing the work that I do. You're a healer. And I thought to myself, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) I have this great professional career and I'm going to work my way up in nonprofits. I'm going to be an executive director of nonprofits. And I just completely judged him and dismissed him. And I'm really sad that I did that because he was right. He read into my auric field. He read into my energy and he knew 10 years, 15 years before God just placed this in my lap with my dad communicating to me. And I could have made the choice to not judge him back then. I could have made the choice to really open myself to what that aura reader was telling me, but I didn't. And because of that, my egoic mind comes in and says, see, you could have been so much further along here. You could have been doing this for 10 or 15 years and you could have three books out by now and look at all the time you've wasted. Look at all the people that you didn't get to help because you didn't allow yourself to go there back then. I knew, I knew deep down a long time ago that the track that I was on in the nonprofit world, well, a very um, awesome profession, it wasn't the one for me, that I wanted to be living a different life, to be doing different work, to be helping people one-on-one, interacting with them, 
I just wouldn't let myself think about it. I wouldn't let myself go there with my thoughts. I wouldn't let myself dream about it. And that really might have held me back. But that's also my egoic mind getting in the way because I've been through so much. And what I hear my spirit team saying is that everything is in divine timing. So now is my time to step into this, to step into my truth, to serve as many people as I can. And I hope in sharing my story today, you can see within yourself where you're holding yourself back, where there are areas of your life, whether it be in your career or your marriage or your relationship with your kids, in your social circles, wherever it is, where are you holding yourself back? Where do you need to release certain thoughts that you're holding on to? What are those thoughts? What do you want to be doing that's inside your heart that's calling to you that you're not working on? Why? Why aren't you working on it? Why aren't you following those little whispers inside your heart? When we ask ourselves questions, when we ask ourselves why or what for, why am I doing what I'm doing, we get down deeper into the answers and we can see the reason behind the life we're living and why we're living it this way and what we may be able to change, what we may be able to do differently. I think it's really hard to be brave in this world. It's hard sometimes to use our voice and to share openly our truth. Brings me to a very vulnerable state that I'm not used to. Part of it feels good. A part of it feels scary. But thank you so much for listening, for receiving today. I know that you are surrounded by angels, by your loved ones on the other side who want you to know that this life isn't about shoulds. This life isn't about society's standards for you. It's about you getting to live your truth here. You getting to be authentically you here. Who is that? She's going to change. He's going to change. Whoever you are, you're going to change throughout your entire life. That's okay. Roll with it. Adapt with it. Allow who you are to be a flower that opens to you your entire life that just keeps unfolding. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want, I've got some freebies for you. If you leave a five-star rating and a positive review on iTunes, or you can leave it on Facebook, you can leave it on Google under my company name, Chicago Energy Healing, or uh, online at Angel Podcast. I will put your name in the drawing to win a free session with me for every single review that you submit. So if you submit five reviews on five different places, I will enter you five different times. Also, if you go to my website, www.jancis.com, there is a way to subscribe for free. All you have to do is add your name to the email list 
add your email to the email list, and I will pray for you every morning. I am so excited for us, this journey that we're on together. I know that I've only been putting together uh, one podcast a week in May, and I had been doing two. I plan on getting back to two. I just needed to take some time and wrap everything up for the symphony. But I am so excited for us on this journey because now that I have the time to dedicate 40 hours a week to what I do for a living, my profession here, my sessions with you, I think that there's so much more that we can uncover, so much deeper that we can go. And I'm just so excited to have a completely free schedule, a full amount of time to work for you, to bring you the hope, the healing that you need in your life. If you have comments, questions, jump on over to Instagram or Facebook at Angel Podcast and we can chat more over there. You can ask your questions. I can answer them over there on the podcast. Have a wonderful day. Open up your heart to all of the blessings that your spirit team is trying to bring to you today. God bless everybody. Thank you. Disclaimer, this podcast provides general information and discussion about energy healing, spiritual topics, and related subjects. The conversations and other content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical, psychological, and or professional advice. If the listener or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or other healthcare professional. Never make any medical or health-related decision based in whole or even in part on anything contained in the Angels and Awakening podcast or in any of our linked materials. You should not rely on any information contained in this podcast and related materials in making medical, health-related, or other decisions. You should consult a licensed physician or appropriately credentialed healthcare worker in your community in all matters relating to your health. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Again, angel messages, energy healing, and the information you receive here does not constitute legal, psychological, medical, business, relationship, or financial advice. Do not take any of the advice given in any Angels and Awakening podcasts or sessions in lieu of medical, psychological, legal, financial, or general professional advice. Please note, Angels and Awakening is a podcast produced by Chicago Energy Healing, a company with locations in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois. (music) 